0: LifeWay Audio. Jenny and I both had in the in the first couple weeks um, eagle moments where we were like. I just randomly had a low moment. I looked up and there was an eagle up there. and It was a funny thing because, you know, obviously we live in Montana, you know, so bald eagles are around here. Like if that happened to you in the Bahamas, it would be like way more like, whoa, this must be God. We do live in a place where they're everywhere. So, I mean, I'm not like overly crazy about symbolism in that way, but it was really special. It seemed like God would send it when we needed it. There was one really low moment I had on a walking path. Eagle showed up. Jenny had some driving, similar things happened. We would talk about it. So we started to be like, it was one of those things where someone in heaven must be like, they're super sad, God, cue the eagle. You know, and so we joked around. But then as we connected it to Isaiah 40 and the reality that you can wait on the Lord and get eagle strength, like that's pretty dope, you know? And so there would be moments where we would have to just really trust in Jesus. And one time I was at the cemetery alone, it was cold and snowy, and we didn't have the headstone yet. And the hardest thing for me in the first couple of weeks was, you know, they cut the sod. To, to, to do the grave. They have to actually chisel out the sod. And you'd come back and it was like no gravestone yet and the sod is just still cut. They, they put it back down, but it's like so sad. You know, little, the size of a little casket. And it really screwed with me um, just seeing the sod there that day. And I remember just feeling like, oh, like you could almost feel like your power, like And I just was like a mess. And I found myself on my knees, like hitting the ground, like mad. Um, Because I was just, I mean, so, you know, helpless. You know, with grief, you can't do anything. You want to fight, but there's no one to hit. You want to run, but there's nowhere to go. You want to scream, but it won't help. Uh, You hurt yourself if it would make you feel better, but it wouldn't. And that's the paralyzing thing about grief. And so in that moment, I found myself at the bottom. But then I remembered Psalm 73 says, my heart and my flesh fail me, but God is the strength of my life forever. And so I said on the spot, I am weak, but you are strong, and I need help. And I look up, and there's a bald eagle right above the cemetery like do it in circles. And I was, I was, I'm not superstitious, but it was super special, and I needed it right then. And I feel like there's the, just a reminder when we need help, God's only a prayer away. It was about three years ago or so and we had a tree die in our front yard and it was amazing it wasn't that big of a tree but uh, the hole it left was enormous and when we saw them you know kind of uh, rip the root out it was just crazy and we ended up filling it back in but of course the the grass was uh, non-existent there over the new dirt and so i went to the store and got uh, what they advertised as a, a dead patch repair kit and it was literally a, a packet of seeds exactly for that purpose, for, you know, getting rid of a, a, a patch of, of, of missing grass. And I involved my girls, you know, in it and you know, I was like, explain to him what this is. This is a patch kit, and Daisy uh, was really excited. She's always been more into science, and she loves gardening and loves science experiments and making slime and all those things, and so she was really involved and attentive at putting the the, the, the patch kit down and was a little confused why there was no grass there, uh, but I explained to her, it has to grow. We went inside and, uh, you know, made some lemonade or something to congratulate ourselves on this this absolute wonderful job of farming that I had done in our you know suburban neighborhood and it was not an hour later that I went outside to look at it and Daisy who had forgotten about this project saw me looking at it and she came bounding out the front door going did it grow did it grow did it grow did it grow and just her face was was just full of joy and she got to where I was standing and looked down and saw that it was exactly as it was when she had left it an hour ago and just crestfallen, she was like, oh, and walked away. And I think if we're honest, a lot of us can relate to her expression in that sometimes the things that we're hoping would happen take longer to happen than we anticipated. And we can end up feeling a little bit despondent. And you see this emotion in, uh, in the Bible. There are so many different people disappointed as they try to follow God, like David and Abraham Paul, Elijah, Jeremiah, John the Baptist, Jonah. And you'll notice this is a list of like heavy hitters. And yet every single one of these, and I've given you the verses as you've gone through in the study, had times of of just a crisis of faith, a time of difficulty, a time of despair, a time of just feeling like they were just out of gas. What they were hoping to see happen in that season, in that moment, in their own development, in their situation, in what God had promised, all just felt like almost just more than they could bear. And a lot of times you and I will face uh, just difficulties and, and things that we thought would happen. We, we thought we'd see grass shooting out of the ground and, 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 and there's nothing, it didn't grow. I didn't see the promise. What, what I thought was gonna happen didn't happen. I thought I'd be further along in my career by now. I never pictured myself unemployed at, at 40 or a divorcee at, at 50. We were going, I thought it was going to grow. I thought the promise on the label was that this was going to repair this dead patch. Now I'm just looking at a hole in the lawn. I think to some extent we can all relate to the idea of Saturday. You're like, Saturday? Saturday's amazing. Saturday's when we have waffles and ride the jet ski and get to go into the, the, the park and throw the frisbee for the dog. No, I'm talking about Saturday, the symbol. You know, Jesus died on Good Friday. That's very commonly known. And, of course, we all celebrate the thought that Jesus rose from the dead, the reality that Jesus rose from the dead on Easter Sunday. And every single year, we get to this holiday and this, this moment in the calendar, and we all have that, you know, Last Supper, you know, memorial on Good Friday. And then we get to Sunday, and we're super excited to celebrate the resurrection. But I've noticed that there's something missing in the calendar. And that is Saturday. Saturday doesn't get talked about a lot. Saturday doesn't get mentioned very often, And yet it is ultra-significant for us today. For while Jesus had died on Friday and would rise on Sunday, the day in between, the missing piece that I think to a large degree, lines up with our experience right now is Saturday. Saturday is the space between. Saturday is, "I've planted the seeds but I haven't yet seen it grow. Saturday is the body of Jesus is lying in the tomb and it would rise, but it hadn't yet. Saturday is the space in between promise and fulfillment. And if you're not right now, at some point in your life, you will enter into a season called Saturday. Saturday is I'll get to meet uh, this person again. I'll get to see them again, but, but not yet. Saturday is, I'll have the full use of my body and I won't be in this wheelchair anymore, but not yet. Saturday is the time when we will finally and fully get to live in that no more tears, no more sorrow, no more pain for these former things will pass away, but not yet. Now Christ has reconciled all things to himself by his cross. He's triumphed over principalities and powers. The, the power of his cross was final. The power of his resurrection was, was eternal and will never be overturned. And yet it hasn't all been carried out yet. That will come in Revelation. That will come on the last day. So we're today living in between promise and fulfillment. We're, we're living in this Saturday. And Saturday is when it's easy to lose heart, especially when you're walking through grief. Now, I've noticed that grief, and if, if you're going through it right now, you're gonna resonate with what I'm talking about. If you're not today, if you've never experienced significant grief, um, you will at one point. And that's not to speak you know, death over you. That's just the reality that every single person you know is gonna die. The only question is how will it happen and in what order? So uh, I think much like learning how to fly a helicopter, which ideally would take place before you're in one. And I think this is also, by the way, as a side note, why premarital counseling is so important. Marriage is a lot like flying a helicopter. It's important to learn how to communicate, learn uh, biblical principles on finances and child raising and just be able to talk through all these things before you get into marriage. It's, It's really important. Similarly, even if maybe you're in this study and up to this point now, these weeks in, you're you're like, I, I'm not grieving, so I don't know why I'd want to be in this small group. Let me tell you something. It's actually probably more appropriate for you to be in this Eyes of Alliance study, learning about how to hurt with hope and how to look through the lens of faith at suffering and trials if you're not in a significant trial, because you will at one point. And right now is the perfect time to get these rhythms in place in your life. And I've noticed that when you're grieving, when you do go through something like that, it's a bit like pregnancy backwards. Now stay with me. Pregnancy culminates in what's called the ring of fire. I remember that from our baby classes we did. My wife, you know, had five children. And, and, uh, and I remember the first one we went to the baby class. I remember that very distinctly at least. And I was scarred for life because they showed some videos that I, quite frankly, wish I could unsee. But they talked about the ring of fire which uh, is the last thing, the most painful thing. This is when the baby's head crowns. I remember just feeling very woozy hearing about the ring of fire. And, uh, and that's the last thing. So pregnancy starts with a pleasurable moment. I, I was there for that and ends with the ring of fire. Grief is the exact opposite. You see, grief begins with the ring of fire. That person's torn from your arms. There's, there's a reason that The prophecy was given to Mary, the mother of Jesus, that when she would have to watch her son die, it would be like a sword piercing her heart. Prophet Simeon made that, uh, spoke that over her, that she would have to walk through the ring of fire. That's where you begin in grief, and then subsequently it goes through the All of the the heavy labor, the early labor, all of the Braxton Hicks. And eventually you'll get to a place where it'll still be a presence in your life. You're never going to get over grief. You get through grief. You get stronger in grief. Just like if I was carrying a 45-pound weight around, the weight would never get lighter. But if I held it long enough, I would get stronger so the weight would feel lighter. That's like pregnancy moving through. You eventually, if you're feeling right now like, I'll never get through this. This is more than I can bear. Just keep walking. Just keep swimming, just keep going, just keep praying, you will get stronger, you will heal. And, and yes, there will still be random contractions of pain, random times when you're taken over the edge by a, a memory or a regret or something that triggers it because of something you smell or something that, that you see or a scene in a movie. Like me, every time I see CPR in a movie, it's like, it, doesn't, it could be Jurassic Park. Someone's doing CPR and I am triggered because it brings me back to doing CPR on my daughter that night and, and just those painful moments start flashing before my eyes again. And, and yet it's, 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 it's more spread out. Now these years in, it's a lot like the early labor. When my mom, oh, oh, did I feel the baby kick? Was that a contraction? I don't know. Like our first child, we went to the hospital Like the first time the baby kicked, was it okay? He was like, oh, I felt a flutter. It was like, mm, that was just Taco Bell. You're fine, you're gonna be okay. You have five more months to go in this pregnancy. By the fifth child, you know, it's like, are you sure we need to go to the hospital? Because I'm almost through this episode of Stranger Things on Netflix. Are you going to be, are you going to be, can you drive me? I'm actually not feeling great. Can you drive me to the, all no, right? Eventually, you know, you, you get accustomed to it. But what I'm trying to say is you're going to get through this. So, so here's the question. What do we do when we feel like we're in a Saturday? What do we do when now I'm in this, in the season? I would say two very important things. Number one is prepare for the next Saturday. You're like, wait, what do you mean? I'm saying something else at some point is going to come your way. So it's important that you now, listen, train for the trial you're not yet in. The ideal time to get ready for a marathon is before the starter pistol. And you right now are in training for a trial that is going to come your way. And in that difficult time, you're only going to have inside of your spiritual tank what you put into it ahead of time. Remember what we talked about earlier in the Bible studies storms reveal foundations. They are not the ideal time to begin working on them. So, Train now for what's coming then. Train now for what you want to have in your heart down the road. Get plugged into your church. I'm here in mine. You want the relationships in your life. Give your tithes. Sing your songs. All those things you do ahead of time so that in the difficulty of Saturday, as it shows up in a new and powerful way, you're ready for it then. You're positioned. You you have the people around to hold your arms up to pray for you. You've got uh, all of those things sort of, in place in your life. That's number one. Prepare for the coming Saturday, and then number two, I would say this: in case of emergency, always remember you can break glass and cue the eagle. Now you're like cue the eagle. What does that mean? I mean like summon the eagle to help you. And and by that I'm referring to Isaiah chapter forty, which says in verse thirty, even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. Remember that list I gave you? doesn't matter if you're father of faith like Abraham or the giant killer David or Paul, you know, Elijah, all these guys, they got tired at some point. Even the best of men or women are still men or women at best. So we all get weak and tired. But he says, those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. How great is it that we can summon the eagle? We can call the eagle. We can, we can do what is necessary to trigger eagle-like strength in our hearts as often as we need it. Now, uh, grief is hard. Life is hard. There are so many hard things that we face. And it's easy to forget that we have been given the power to, to summon the strength of the Holy Spirit. And all we have to do is ask. LifeWay Audio.